We are super excited you have found Navoni on the Go, the premier Dentrix community's free podcast. I'm Dana Johnson, the founder of Navoni, and my goal is to give you about 15 minutes of juicy content to take back to your practice and help your team have a more productive and less stressful day. Enjoy! Hey, welcome everyone. I'm Dana Johnson, your Dentrix expert, and my goal is to help dentists and dental teams understand their Dentrix software better so you can create systems to improve the profitability of your practice optimize your appointment book, and have a more stress-free day. I started Navoni to be able to give all Ventrix users a platform to attend live, one-on-one events with me, and tap into best practices resources for optimizing your Ventrix software. If you want to become a member of our exclusive membership, go to Navoni.com and sign up today. All right, we are starting off 2022. I am super excited. We are kicking off the new year with an um, amazing woman in the dental industry. Claire Dickinson and I, we have been friends. We've been friends a lot longer um, than we've been colleagues. Uh, we started off, um, we knew each other when I used to work at, up in the state of Washington, and Claire and I both have worked in the same dental practice up in Washington, um, but we didn't work there at the same time. Um, I worked at the, at the practice first, and then I was there for maybe two or three years, I guess. And then Claire came in after I did, um, first starting off as a dental assistant and then working her way up to office manager. And then after she was office manager there for many, many, many years, uh, went into dental practice consulting. Claire is now co-owner of Vital Management. Um, they specialize in scratch and struggling dental practices, um, primarily with a focus on perio practices, but they work with all fields of dentistry. Uh, Claire is also the operations director with Puget Sound Perio. So Claire, welcome to my first podcast of 2022. How exciting. Thank you, Dana. Uh, thank you for letting me join you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we are going to kick off 2022. Um, first quarter, all of our content is going to be revolving around revenue cycle management. Uh, and when I, when I talk about collections or accounts receivable or, you know, revenue cycle management, you know, everybody always thinks that it's a it's an admin task or it's a office manager duty or the financial uh, coordinator's responsibility. However, you know, whenever I'm working with teams, um, I consider collections or accounts receivable as a team sport. Everyone on the team can play their role in making sure that whatever we produce, we are getting collected. And because if we don't collect money, you know, Claire, if we don't collect money, they, we don't make payroll, we don't get to Absolutely. do any fun, any fun things, you know, CE courses. So, right. so how, when you're working with a team, why don't you tell our audience, like, what kinds of team agreements or any kind of processes you like to put into place when we're trying to get the whole team on the same page or 
or working together when it when it's revolving around collections or accounts receivable. Yeah, for sure. So oftentimes what happens is all of us in dentistry are natural caregivers. So when it comes to money, it's really uncomfortable for us to talk about it with patients or we have these references or beliefs that it's uncomfortable, right? Because money shouldn't be involved in in caring for patients. However, um, I challenge that reference and that belief with in order for us to do the things that we need to do in dentistry, have the best continuing education, have the best supplies, have the best equipment, have the ability to give the patients the best possible care, we have to make money and we have to have a really strong understanding of what it means to um, have a profitable and healthy practice in order to do that. So, you know, it takes some time, but I do work with teams and, you know, it's getting over that belief that money shouldn't be discussed when healthcare is involved. Um, Once we get through that though, we to start talk, start talking about how, as you stated, it's not just you know a business team member's responsibility. You know, it's it it is hard when you walk into a practice and the only person who knows how profitable the practice is is a front office person or a business team member or maybe the doctor and an office manager. When in fact, every single person on the team should have a very good sense of the practice health financially. So I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And you can definitely tell the practices that do and the practices that don't. But it's really getting through, you know, the references and the beliefs that, you know, we've carried for so long in dentistry is really, really strong in the medical profession. So, you know, getting past past that is the biggest challenge for sure. So so kind of, you know, tagging off of that last statement, um, it's really hard to get past that. How do you have any tips? Like how do you think that dental teams and even doctors can um, overcome that that stigma of talking about numbers or sharing some of that financial information with the team? Yeah. So that's two separate conversations really. So <laughs> the first one I'll talk about is you know getting over the stigma. It's really talking about um, not making the conversation about the bottom line. Because, I mean, we all know it is about the bottom line, but there's a different way that we can reframe it where it's like, hey, in order to be able to offer this, we have to have this. And so taking the time to work through each person's individual, um, whatever they are, hurdles, beliefs, references, um, and and it's hugely unique to each person that's on the team. so, you know, I, I can't give you an exact example because everyone is so different, but let's mm-hmm. say like a hygienist, um, oftentimes, you know, I would say that they're probably the biggest caregivers of most groups. And yeah. that's where I see the biggest challenge with encouraging them to be able to talk about money or to understand yeah. the revenue cycle of a practice, not even understand, because I think they understand it's more so wanting to be a part of it and not feeling like they're violating their ethical, you know, oath to caring for patients. Um, so working with them about, hey, you know, in order to give them the best fluoride, we have to be able to know what that's costing the practice and what we need to do to be able to cover that cost or how many patients do you need to see a day to make sure that we cover your payroll for the day. Um, and what that looks like, or, you know, what your chair time's worth. And, and you know, it, I always follow it up with, this is always 
to give the best care for the patient. It's not about us, it's not about our bottom line, but it's in effort to give the best possible care to patients. We have to know this and we have to be aware of it. And so being able to satisfy that internal need that they have to do the best they can for the patient um, and making money not a negative thing because for whatever reason in our society, you know, talking about money is, it can be a negative. Well, we all know that we need money to survive. And so we have to change our references and beliefs regarding that. Um, I agree. I so when, agree with that. Yeah. And then, you know, with like doctors wanting to share financial, you know, information with the team, that's hard as well because there's a lot of references and beliefs that, that are behind that. Like if my team knows how much, you know, the practice is worth or, how much profit we have, like, what does that mean? Or does it, or if we talk about goals or production, are we focusing on the wrong thing for the patient? And again, it just goes back to the same conversation is in order to do the best possible care for the patient, we have to understand financially where we are as a practice. And, you know, I, I share with my doctors not to share everything because they don't have to, but to share the mm -hmm. basic fundamentals of, you know, money in, <laughs> money out and how it works to um, have a profitable practice that's healthy. Absolutely. I know I use, um, I use sports references a lot, you know, with, with my teams, you know, because if on a foot, you know, with a football team, if they don't know what the score is yeah. you know, or how much, how much time is left in the game, how, how do you expect them to, to win the game? And, you know, not that, not that healthcare or dentistry is a game, but, um, you know, we have to realize that we're not only in healthcare, but we are running a small business. And right. in order, in order for our practices to be able to offer, uh, our patients, you know, um, the, the best healthcare and offer our teams really good benefits and 401ks and healthcare and things like that, um, we do have to have a profitable, have a profitable business. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, Dina, on a side note, you know, you, we really have to, a lot of the time, like most often, a lot of us coaches or consultants, you know, we can come in and tell you how to run your practice. Um, I would say that the, the factor that makes the difference of a, a really good coach or a really good consultant is one that can tap into the um, psychological side of getting to people's references and their beliefs in particular. Mm -hmm about money because you can have someone that grew up in a really poor family where their feelings and their like money's evil to them right they're not comfortable mm -hmm. with it and so you really have to be attuned to that and be highly highly like have high sensory acuity in knowing who you're working with and helping them find a way to get past that so then you can move towards the goal wow that's such a great point yeah i never I never would have really thought of that, but you're so spot on. Um, and so tapping into the conversation of profitability, uh, I mean, you and I both know that collecting money on the day of service really helps to um, increase the, the practice's profitability because, you know, we know that if that money sits on the books longer than, you know, 30 days, the value of that money continues to go down just because of the resources we're using and the, the, um, the staff salaries that it costs us to try and collect that money. So we always want to try and collect on the day of service. What, what 
tips do you have for the team communicating with each other to make sure that everybody on the team is on board with knowing um, what we need to collect for those patients, for our patients for today? Um, what kind of tips do you have for practices to make sure everybody's on the same page with that? Uh, great question. You know, it's it take it's making sure that you're prepping beforehand. So your business team members are verifying insurance, all insurance is put in correctly. If it's a cash paying patient, setting the table um, prior to eating, what it looks like. So in your morning huddles, reviewing with your team, Claire's coming in for this appointment today. We anticipate insurance to contribute this amount, and then this would be the patient's contribution. So then. A hygienist or an assistant can say, hey, Claire, this is, you know, let, let's say the business team members, you know, busy in the front when they're checking out. Claire, this it looks like this is your contribution for today and feeling comfortable collecting that payment. But it's it really comes from setting the stage or setting the table before we start. So doing your homework on knowing what the patient um, is going to be ha going to have done, you know, and that takes everything from the hygienist to the assistants to the doctor. So looking at your schedule beforehand, not the morning of, but future pacing and saying, you know, as a hygienist, I'm going to look at my schedule probably a day or two in advance because we all know that the hygiene schedule is pretty volatile at times. So mm -hmm. looking at it a day or two in advance where you say, okay, Claire's coming in for this, Susie's coming in for this, and and making sure that everything that is supposed to be there for the patient, x-rays, exam, what type of cleaning, is there going to be fluoride, instead of doing it in the moment, because that's when people get really uncomfortable and say, let's say we didn't realize, we didn't look ahead and Claire needed x-rays. Oh my gosh, now Claire needs x-rays, but she also needs a PA, which is outside the frequency allowance, so she's gonna have to pay X amount you get really uncomfortable because the patient's already there. And so you can't, yeah. you can't pre-frame them, right? So it's making sure that you do the homework in the beginning and you know why your patients are coming in. They're coming in. What's on the appointment book is exactly what you're going to do. Um, and then having that conversation in your morning mm -hmm. huddle saying, hey, this is what we have on deck today. This is where we anticipate that there will be patient contributions. Claire needs fluoride. It does not look like there's going to be any fluoride coverage. Great, it's $45. We'll go ahead and collect that. And then also giving the clinical team the power to feel like they that they are confident in making sure that they know how to run credit cards or they know how to have financial conversations with patients. You know, so like one thing is um, I really empower and work with my teams in being very comfortable with when they do diagnose treatment because a patient will always ask the doctor, well, how much does that cost? Right. And the doctor's mm -hmm. not going to yeah. know how insurance works or what the details are. But I prime and I coach my doctors into saying and feeling very comfortable saying, you know, that's a great question. I can tell you what the total cost is. And then Claire, our business team member, who's an expert at insurance or account or whatever, however you want to verbalize it. But Claire's an expert on giving you the details of what that means. So then the patient feels like everybody's highly knowledgeable and when they go to accept treatment, it's very transparent. Everybody was up front. There was no surprises. As soon as yeah. you exhibit any type of, you know, hesitation or, you know, insecurity about what you're telling a patient, they're going to pick it up and they're not going to, they're not going to be comfortable. And so then, then you're going to run into issues where you have patients that could have said yes, but won't say yes. So, yeah. 
teaching everyone on the team that, you know, we're not insurance experts, but we do know what things cost and and being confident to say, you know, Claire, it will cost this amount of money. This is what we do know from your insurance. This is what we'll bill to them. And this is what we're going to estimate your portion to be for today. So, yeah, and that's an okay conversation to have. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I always think it's important to be open, honest, and transparent about mm-hmm. how much how much dentistry costs and yeah. not to be not to be embarrassed about it to be very proud of what your treatment is um you you wouldn't be diagnosing it you wouldn't be recommending it if you didn't believe in it and absolutely yeah yeah if you have a, a confidence in what you're talking about then the patients will have confidence in accepting that treatment right uh, i remember i was working with a practice in north seattle and and, you know, they, they were doing fluoride pretty much on every patient, every adult patient. And, you know, the hygienists were just really struggling with, um, cause they would want to do fluoride and then they would have to be, they would be bothering the admin team trying to find out if insurance covers it. And, and I'm like, stop doing that. You know, just let the patient know, um, you know, mm-hmm. the floor, the floor, you know, give them the, the benefits of fluoride. And if you, if you believe in the fluoride, then their patients will believe in it and just let them know. For sure. You know, the, cost, yeah. the fluoride is, the fluoride is $30. Um, the most out of pocket I know you will have is $30. And you know, I'm not yeah. really sure what your insurance will cover, but I do know the most out of pocket for you will be $30. Exactly. And, and then you go back to stacking the benefits of why. Yeah. Yeah. What and the mean? hygienist got, the hygienists got really comfortable with how to say that and they just got really routine in saying it. And, and they, they were able to do fluoride pretty much on every patient because nobody, yeah. nobody bought, nobody balked at it. For sure. And, and two, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Dina. No, no, no. Finish. Well, I was going to say too, what happens oftentimes is we put our own, I, again, it goes back to references and beliefs, right? And so we put our own references and beliefs into our conversations and we create a narrative that may not be there with the patient. So the, mm-hmm. the trepidation comes from, how do I tell a patient that they're going to owe $1,000? Because $1,000 to me is a lot of money. Well, that's not mm-hmm. our decision to make. So like you said, I think is really important, which brought me to this is you, you just have, you, you cannot put your own beliefs or your own ideas into what you're diagnosing, because what you're diagnosing is a true diagnosis. You have to give the patient the option to decide. You can't decide for them. And when you start hesitating by, you know, having conversation with them, or you, you're not very confident in what you're saying, what you're doing is you're creating a a narrative with the patient that's not there to where they're thinking, well, gosh, if you're not confident about, about what you're diagnosing, and they don't realize it's coming from your your you being uncomfortable talking about money, they're probably going to say no, right? And mm-hmm. so being really clear that you have to take your emotion out of it, and it, it's it is not a you them thing. It's they need treatment, and this is the treatment, and this is the cost. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does because you know our our hygienists and our dental assistants. And, and especially doctors wouldn't be in this profession if they didn't believe in what they, the, the treatment they were p- providing. And For sure. if you, if you believe in what you're providing, um, as, as optimum care and you know it's in the best interest of the patient and you would perform it on your family, 
um, then the, the cost of the treatment, you know, it, it's justified because you know that it's in the best interest of the patient. And, mm-hmm. and if we, if we compromise that treatment, then now we have, you know, we've kind of got, gone down in our, in our standard of care, which isn't what our doctors or hygienists want. You know, that's what they're not, they don't come to work every day to give compromised care. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you've experienced this before, but you have a patient in your practice where you're like, I'm not going to diagnose this treatment on them because I know they won't accept. And so, you know, time goes on and on and on and you keep taking care of the patient with this belief and then they disappear for a while. Then they come back and they have the treatment done somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I've seen that time and time again. And the practice is like, well, I didn't think that they would do it. Well, you never gave them a chance to say yes or no because of your own fears about money. So, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of psychology behind this, right? And for whatever reason, you know, that's, this is where we get hung up the most, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. So now would be a really good time for our offices to maybe schedule a team meeting where maybe they practice some verbal skills around Mm -hmm. asking for payment on the day of service, especially for our, our clinical team members, because mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, if we're doing those morning huddles, we know, and, and I always teach my teams to uh, put in the, um, in the appointment note, you know, what the patient's estimated out-of-pocket is for today. Yeah. And, and so everybody on the team knows what the out-of-pocket is. And mm-hmm. if everyone on the team is, informed and then we practice some verbal skills around asking for payment um and then everybody on the team gets really familiar with with Mm -hmm. how that process goes so now would be a really good time to schedule a team meeting to practice some of those verbal skills even have maybe some some you know scripted note cards and just have something that you can fall back on um you know until it gets really comfortable in your in your you know uh, verbal talk, you know, and your verbal skills to where you feel really comfortable about talking about money. Uh, and mm-hmm. then also, I, I think what would be really good is that teach the whole team how to use the credit card machine. Right, uh, exactly. I was, I was working with a practice and um, their, boy, their collections were was just in the toilet. And uh, so we did a team meeting and even the doctor learned how to use the credit card machine. So, you know, I think Anybody, if, if your front office team right now is, is short staffed and you have one person at the front desk and that one person is on the phone with a new patient and you are the hygienist bringing the patient up to the front and you need to collect a $25 deductible um, and the patient hands you a credit card, I think it's really important that you know how to run that, that credit card through the machine. Mm-hmm. And have you found, Dina, I, I find that if the system is set up where there's like online bill pay, that you do yeah. get a lot of compliance um, with your patients to do online bill pay. Well, At what least. I really, yeah, I mean, even I would go even farther than that. And I love having where you run the credit card through the practice management thought, well, run it through Dentrix, of course, and right. it, po- it posts automatically to the patient ledger. So mm-hmm. that, you know, there really isn't even anything for them to, to know if you just run the card through and it posts to the, to the ledger automatically. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, or the, you can always send the patient like a, um, an email statement, you know, immediately and they can pay with their credit card. But collecting yeah. on the day of service is just so important. And, and everyone on the team, that's why I say it's a team sport, you know, because everybody on the team, everybody participates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's critical. And, you know, to yeah. touch on what you said about, you know, we do have team shortages. And it's just, it is, it is what it is at the moment. And, you know, we, we can spend a lot of time wishing that things were going to be different, but you know, they're not. So we have to learn to embrace where we're at and learn how to do things different than we have in the past. And that does mean that we have people who have multiple, you know, they may be a hygienist or they may be a doctor However, they're comfortable stepping into other people's roles because it takes the entire team to make it work when we're down team members. Absolutely. hundred percent. Good. Well, this has been a really great uh, enlightening conversation about accounts receivable and the team aspect of, of collecting on the day of service. So I, I really appreciate all your insight in there. You have some really, really great ideas and and tips for us today. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. I enjoyed the opportunity to meet with you. Yeah. So um, if anybody in the audience would um, want to reach out to you, um, we will definitely put Claire's contact information in the show notes for today. Uh, If you're interested, if you are Perio office and you're listening in, um, definitely reach out to Claire um, with Vital Management. Um, They are definitely in the business of um, helping your practice um, grow and and be uh, prosperous. So definitely reach out to Claire if you have questions about any of their their management processes. Thank you. All right, Claire, any last words that you'd like to just uh, give our audience if you have anything that's come up? Yeah, I, you know, here's to 2022 and a great year. And I'm excited to see where dentistry will continue to evolve. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's great things on our horizon. We're just, we, we just, we're ready to get there. So I, I know, I agree. I'm, I'm excited for 2022 for sure. I'm, I'm excited for it to be here. Yeah, I as well. All right. Thank you so much. If this topic today resonated with you and you know other doctors or dental teams that would benefit from our podcast, please share it, rate it, review it. You know, we love five-star reviews just like you do. And let people know that you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, This really helps us get the word out about the Navoni family of resources. And I look forward to watching your journey of becoming a Dentrix super user. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest updates on our resources. So thank you, Claire, again for being with us today. Uh, yeah, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, you too.